China is buying up huge amounts of American farmland, and much of it is curiously close to key U.S. nuclear sites. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll tell you what I found during my reporting in Montana about communist China's aggressive ambitions in the United States. Follow the Sarah Carter Show wherever you get your podcasts. Caltech Innovation is back-to-back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent-pending 15-round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full adjustable rear. That all comes standard. It's from Keltech, inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns. The P15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy, accurate handling, while the all-metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel. The P15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world. See the new 9mm P15 first, up close and personal at KeltechWeapons.com. That's K-E-L-T-E-C Weapons.com. Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. Joining us now, I don't really need to give him that much of an introduction. He's one of the very few people of legal distinction who is a national name, Alan Dershowitz, Dershowitz, who's a, we were just actually looking, talking about how many books he's written. 50 books, his newest book, The Price of Principle. There it is. Why Integrity is Worth the consequences. And as you know, Mr. Dershowitz is a professor at Harvard Law School. He's been there 50 years now emeritus, and uh, he's been all over this. He's got a great piece that's out in the Hill that gives a lot of insight into this as well. Good to see you. Thank you so much for for joining me. Uh, the well, big, the big, I think, missing piece in all of this, and I, I wanted to get you, you to give us your expert perspective on this. The Rosetta Stone is this warrant. We don't know what any of the details in the warrant or the application. We don't even know, actually, if if Trump uh, Trump's folks say they don't have it. Eric Trump was telling the press that uh, they just merely showed it to the attorney. uh, They don't know the idea of the the contents. We also seen reports that apparently it was sealed, which I the way that I understand, I guess you have to have a court order to unseal it. So he doesn't have it. Even if he did have it, it's sealed. So tell us a little bit about this and and who should release it and how do we go about that? It's a very good question. Generally, the warrant itself is open to the public. The affidavit is usually sealed allegedly for the protection of the person searched. And so one thing Trump could do is have his lawyers go to court and say, we want everything unsealed. The public has the right to know and we waive whatever right to privacy uh, there is. Now, I don't know whether or not Former President Trump wants to do that, and the court won't necessarily grant his request, but it increases the chances of getting not only the warrant, which will be gotten. The warrant is a public document. It should be available. It's the affidavit in support of the warrant. Remember, the warrant is a form, Mm -hmm. usually signed by judges the way parents give out Halloween candy. Um, There's almost no discretion involved. Judges rarely turn down requests. Um, But it's the affidavit that's the key. And nobody should be blaming this judge. This judge is being attacked. Judges grant search warrants all the time. The critical uh, comment should be directed at the Attorney General of the United States, the head of the FBI. They have to get on television, have a press conference, and have excellent journalists like you ask them the hard questions. Why didn't they go for a subpoena? They knew the boxes were in the basement. They knew how many there were. They knew the president was a thousand miles away. 
why not issue a subpoena saying bring these boxes sealed to the court tomorrow the judge will go through them he'll decide what was never classified what was declassified what was privileged under executive privilege lawyer client privilege he'll ask the client whether he wants to invoke production uh fifth amendment uh issues that's the rational way to do it instead of doing what happened to the congressman and doing what happened to the former president that's what happened with hillary clinton that's what happened with sandy berger when comparable uh, allegations were made nobody conducted searches nobody had investigations berger was fine and hillary clinton was rebuked may of course to the presidency but nothing legal right and that's what should happen and you know this there's this new argument out there it's called what about ism yeah well it's a very important argument what about ism what about hillary clinton she's now wearing a hat that says but my emails that's not appropriate her emails are very comparable to what is being sought in this search so we're entitled to ask that question that's a and it's a fantastic question talking with alan dershowitz about this this whole case and you mentioned too the they'd are they already knew the boxes were in the basement they were already there that's what the timeline on this and i i get the sense I, it seems like and and uh, tell me if you agree that the doj is kind of leaking some information it seems like they're really trying to absolve merrick garland of having any knowledge of this and throwing chris ray under the bus is that what you're getting i saw this piece in newsweek where they had uh, some so- some source who has uh, knowledge of everything and he was saying oh merrick garland has no n- had no idea that this was this is all christopher ray do you buy that No, I don't. It'd be inconceivable for the Attorney General of the United States not to sign off on the search of a former president's house. Mm -hmm. Look, this is all about what's happening in America. I write about this extensively in my book. Nobody cares about principle anymore. Nobody cares about the Constitution. It's due process for me, but not for thee. You have to pick sides. You're a partisan. If you're a partisan Democrat, then this is the greatest thing that ever happened. If you're a partisan Republican, then Trump did no wrong. What about if you're like 80% of Americans neutral nonpartisan we prefer one party to the other i'm a liberal democrat you may be a conservative but we admire each other we talk to each other but the vast majority of americans want to see operation under the rule of law we don't want to see the weaponization of the criminal justice system either for the democrats or the republicans every civil libertarian should be outraged at what happened in mar-a-lago they should be outraged at what happened to paul manafort to what happened to uh Navarro, what happened to Stone? These people shouldn't have been arrested. Their lawyers should have gotten a call like I get all the time from the U.S. attorney saying, your client's been arrested. Uh, Could you bring him in on Tuesday? Oh, no, that's not convenient. We'll bring him in on Wednesday. We'll present him to the magistrate. He'll be out on bail and we'll have our trial. That's the way it works. Subpoenas instead of search warrants, calls to the lawyer instead of arrests. But something has changed. Something has changed. Something and has principle changed. principle is out the window. Partisanship prevails. I love this point, and I agree with you a thousand percent on this. I, and I'm looking forward to reading your book, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. The Explain to us the the legality of this. Uh, it, it, my favorite time of uh, any kind of breaking news story is everyone on social media pretending to be an attorney. Uh, and, and everyone gives you their opinions. The showing of the of the warrant entering Mar-a-Lago. It just seems weird to me that the attorneys weren't allowed to be there. They wanted them to shut off the security cameras. Is that normal? Well, it's normal, but it's not proper. And it should change. And one thing about these new developments, it's turning a lot of conservatives into civil libertarians. We have to change the law. Every search should be videotaped. Every time there's a search, the lawyers ought to be allowed to go and watch the search. 
what does the FBI have to hide? Why are they afraid of lawyers watching this? You know what's going to happen now. Now, if they find anything, people are going to suspect that it was planted. If you had a videotape, if you had lawyers there, that suspicion wouldn't occur. Justice must not only be done, it must seem to be done, particularly during these divided times where everybody's on a side. And there was no reason to throw the lawyers out. Of course, he should have gotten a copy of the uh, uh, search warrant. And he should have gotten a copy of the affidavit as well, maybe with a name of an informant redacted or a name of some secret redacted. But there's no reason to keep everything away from the public. We live in a transparent democracy. We're supposed to be able to judge who is going to guard the guardians. We're the ones who are supposed to guard the guardians. We know the courts aren't doing it. They're issuing search warrants like candy. But uh, we, the media, we're entitled to uh, oversee what's going on and to present it to the public for criticism. Absolutely. Talking with Alan Dershowitz, whose new book, The Price of Principle, is out now and available where books are sold. The uh, the moment from, uh, well, I think it was the CNN piece, CNN or ABC piece, where they were discussing how they had all met, they took them on a tour, I guess, of where all the records were stored at Mar-a-Lago. You go from that to... Uh, having the raid, the source that was written about in Newsweek that was apparently leaking information was saying that they waited specifically for Trump to be out of town because they wanted, Alan, they wanted to keep it low profile. And they thought this was the the way, (laughs) he's shaking his head, this is the way to do it. If you believe that, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Low profile, come on. You think you're going to have a search of the president's house, former president's house, and it'll be low profile who's advising these guys do they not understand the america we live in today uh they 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 wanted him out of the house because they didn't want him to be in any way interfering or calling his lawyers or doing things uh like that they often do that sometimes they arrange to search a person to arrest a person in order to do a search of the person that didn't happen here they weren't interested in searching the body of uh donald trump they were interested in searching his wife's closet for her clothing. The other thing a search warrant does is it allows you to pick up anything as long as it's in plain view. You don't have to comply with the words, the specific words of the warrant, even though in the Constitution it says warrants shall not issue except upon probable cause. And then it requires it to be specific, specific, specific. But once you have the warrant, you can pick up anything. Whereas a subpoena, it requires you to turn over only particular documents, which the judges then have to examine if a defendant raises questions to it. That's why they wanted the search. That's why they didn't want to have a subpoena. They didn't want him to invoke privileges. And look, yesterday he invoked the Fifth Amendment. Yeah, That validates the point that I made in the Hill article that the reason they did this, and in another article in Newsweek, the reason they did this is to circumvent his rights under the Fifth Amendment, under the Sixth Amendment, etc. That's a great point, too. And, and this also calls into question why they brought a safe cracker because apparently you know that what the contents of the safe which apparently was empty that's not in plain view so clearly that had to be there had to be some specificity for that there better be and you know it's, it reminds me of Geraldo Rivera with all the publicity about going to Al Capone safe yes. everybody was watching and it was empty the same thing was true here you could easily subpoena a safe as well and ask the the safe to be brought over to the court. If it's a wall safe, obviously, that's a different matter. But still, you don't have to search it unless you have a reasonable basis, probable cause basis for believing there was something in that safe. 
which was evidence of a crime. And I don't know what they were thinking about and what they told the judge and what the judge believed. Mm. You know, the other thing I'm very mad at, though, is people on the right attacking the judge, saying, oh, my God, what a terrible man he is. He actually represented Jeffrey Epstein's secretary. Well, I represented Jeffrey Epstein. You don't judge a, a, a lawyer by his or her client. You don't judge a judge by who their clients was back then. You can be critical enough mm. about the judge and what he did. Maybe he wasn't scrupulous enough, but don't bring Epstein into this. That's just McCarthyism. Yeah, there were there were some people who were. I, I saw this circulated a PDF of a, it was a civil case uh, between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, which he recused himself from. And a lot of people were wondering, well, why would he recuse himself from that, but feel comfortable signing off on this? Is there? That's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that, we saw that. And, and I thought that's a little odd if he would recuse himself from this, but then he would sign off on the warrant. And I mean, obviously, I mean, we I guess we have to wait for the, the warrant before we can get some more answers for that. But that's a very I mean, would, would the same re, I mean, wouldn't that reason that he recused himself from the civil case also apply to the to the him with this warrant? Probably, unless he recused himself because of some connection to Hillary Clinton, who wasn't involved in this, but it wouldn't matter. Right. Judges grant warrants. If, if he turned it down, they just go to another judge and another judge and another yeah. judge. Warrant protection is hollow today. It doesn't really guard the guardians. That's a good point. Which brings us to this Scott Perry, the Scott Perry case. I, what do you make of this? This his, they Apparently, they went for his personal, not business, I, I would imagine, congressional phone. I don't know. You couldn't go to for the congressional phone because the privilege, uh, the congressional privilege uh, would probably protect that. But he's also very protected by that privilege. Not completely. You can uh, indict or investigate a congressman for corruption, um, but not for what they say or do on the floor uh, of the House or on the floor of the Senate if he's a senator. So I don't think we know yet enough about it. And the question is, again, why not a subpoena? Right. Um, you can't erase things from phones. Everything is permanent these days. There are people in the FBI who can dig out any oh, yeah. data, metadata from phones. So a subpoena would do just as well. And the idea of confronting him in front of his family, you know, in a public place, Theater. seems designed more to intimidate than to obtain relevant information. Yeah, that's a very good point. Alan Dershowitz, the book is The Price of Principle, Why Integrity? is worth the consequences. We really appreciate your expertise on this. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's good to talk with you. Thank you. Chris, Thank take you. care. As ransomware and other cyber attacks continue to sweep the nation, traditional antiviruses continue to fail as they cannot detect new malware and ransomware. And that's because they operate off a blacklist. And many of these antiviruses are made in the same foreign countries that the malware originates from. PCmatic is the only solution that is 100% made in America and uses proprietary whitelist technology to protect against all known and unknown cyber threats, including ransomware, malware, identity theft, and nation-state attacks. PCmatic protects homes and businesses of all sizes. PCmatic also makes your computers run faster by performing automated maintenance and system optimization. Protect your devices with an American-made cyber solution. PCmatic is just $50 for five devices for one entire year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Act now and receive $5 off your entire order of PCmatic protection by visiting PCmatic.com Dana. Again, to protect you and your family from ransomware, malware, and other cyber threats, visit PCmatic.com Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Let's just play Kinesia Sai for the rest of the hour and make fun of Janet Yellen. 
Sounds like a very like niche thing to do on a Thursday afternoon. How does this happen? So northern Mexico is running out of water. And here's where it's getting real bad, guys. I mean, yes, they're running out of water, but here's the kicker. It may impact beer production. What? I mean, the water, okay, but the beer... Extreme drought in northern Mexico has sparked a water crisis. President Andre Obrador addressed the beer industry in the region to shift production elsewhere because of sustainability factors. They say it's very critical in Monterey, one of their most important economic hubs and home to some of the biggest beer makers in the world. I did not know Heineken manufactured in Monterey. Did you know that? Can I can I have a, a real quick aside? I promise I'm going to get back. It's uh, if you like fart in a bottle, then uh, get you some Heineken. I mean, it's called Heineken for a reason. That's probably an unpopular opinion, and I don't care. But yeah, I didn't know that it was there. They said that they're going to support a transition of the beer industry from the northern part of the country to the south or southeast, where they have more abundant water supplies. Dang, that's a very expensive relocation. So now everyone's saying, "Oh my gosh, there's a new virus. It's coming from shrews." Apparently, in China, 35 cases of a new virus have been recorded in China. Scientists aren't alarmed, and neither are we. No one's alarmed. They said, but apparently, it's, they said it did actually originate in like some shrews. It's distinct from an, from other viruses of its kind. It's a Nipah virus. I don't even know what that is. Uh, but they said that you get flu-like symptoms, etc., etc., etc. But uh, they said shrews or fruit bats might be the animal hosts. Here we go again. Just stop eating bats stop messing with weird animals and this doesn't happen right i mean god's like i gave you all these cattle and everything else and you're going to a bat like what stop whole foods is going to start using palm prints to pay for purchases this is nasty because you know people are going to be grabbing it and all of that you know how sometimes those things work i don't know i and also no i don't want all of my palm print stuff like kept like that you know what i mean like nobody why it's just weird they said that 65 whole food stores in california are going to get new payment technology it's the most extensive rollout by the e-commerce giant since they announced the payment system in 2020 i don't like that i don't want just let my app my like phone my apple pay is enough man i that's enough i don't need to like be giving you my fingerprints or my palm prints or anything else so coming up why do we need the inflation reduction act if it hits zero stick with us I wanted to, to, to hit this piece. Uh, I made mention of this, how in New York, they are removing the word inmate because it's mean. They said that New York state law, Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul, she said, they wrote legislation, they wrote, they spent taxpayer money to write legislation to remove the term inmate because she says it will, quote, Reduce harmful stigma against incarcerated people by correcting outdated terminology. What? This is all about the restorative justice nonsense. The terms now that you can use are incarcerated individuals and justice-involved individuals. Dude, I... She says, quote, We can make our streets and our communities safer... By giving justice-involved individuals the chance to complete their rehabilitation program and work at the same time. What is justice-involved individuals? That suggests so many things. I mean, this is, this is 
1984 and you have the Ministry of Truth rewriting things and they they actually rewrote legislation to strike that phrase and they're they're going back and they're rewriting this is crazy they said uh, Democratic State Senator Gustavo Rivera he sponsored the legislation he said for too long we as a society have thought of incarcerated individuals as less than people the word inmate dehumanizes and demoralizes them what we're going to focus on rehabilitation rather than punishment Solely on punishment. Uh-huh. Like, so punishment leads to yeah. rehabilitation. Yeah, pun- thank you, Kane. Punishment is part of rehabilitation, though. You know, you realize that you that 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 justice and mercy can or justice and grace can coexist, and you can be merciful with justice. This is, uh, the, but but to say that. The way that they, they treat this not as a voluntary choice. They treat it like a malady that, like, a, uh, like an illness that they were struck with. Oh my gosh, I just caught some of the crime. I just, you know, don't know. Caught some of the criminal behavior today. Like it's a cold. Justice involved people. Well, we're empowering the criminals. I think that's kind of a consequence of choosing to commit a crime serious enough that it requires incarceration. You might be referred to as an inmate. You might. Just saying. But I love how they think they're going to solve all this. Look at all the crimes we've solved by changing the language. These justice-involved individuals are going to commit less justice things. Because we changed what we call them. What a great job of solving a problem that did not exist. (laughs) Grief. I wish that was the only wokery that I had for you today, but it's not. So now the the Epic Times had a piece on woke airline policies threatening safety. So... The piece is on the DEI efforts of Southwest Airlines. They're basking in accolades for their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. But the whole uh, real story of it, though, is coming out with some of their employees. So eight current Southwest employees, including, and, and some of these employees are minorities, by the way, told the Epic Times that woke leftist DEI policies as implemented have tarnished their golden rule principles, fractured their workforce, and may actually put safety at risk. One of their Southwest, one Southwest flight attendant who is a minority said that they're compromising safety for the sake of race, gender identity, and sexual preference. They're risking people's lives because of agendas. I mean, I don't, and it, I mean, it is true when you focus on something that's not your actual job. Whether it's this, this is starting to get into and and impact so many, so many things. There was a story, I'm looking for this now. Um, It is a, it's a story on law and order. And I was, where's this at? All right, maybe I had it under crime. But it was an amazing story of someone who had gotten it because everybody records everybody and it's just garbage at this point. I'm just so everybody thinks that they're going to ruin somebody's lives because they, they got somebody doing something stupid on, um, on camera. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. 
It's time for Florida Man. Well, I have a cornucopia of stories today. So first up, hmm. There's uh, okay. Let me do this. A second man was arrested and slain at Tampa's IQ Apartments, uh, and this is making headlines because his name is Demon Speed. Mr. and Mrs. Speed's son. Demon Speed, 29, Fort Myers, was arrested Tuesday in an out-of-county warrant by U.S. Marshals. Uh, they said that it was in relation to this case that they were they were investigating. It's uh, He faces now a first-degree murder charge in a felon in possession of a firearm. Uh, Speed's arrest is the second one made in the case. They got a 25-year-old man the day, be- uh, day before on first-degree murder charge. Demon Speed, that's his name. That's okay. There you go. Uh, a Sebastian woman was found sleeping on someone's front lawn uh, when uh, they called the police. The homeowners did. When officers woke the woman, she insisted that she did not drink any alcohol or use any drugs. She has a teardrop tattoo under her eye. Uh, and the officers go, that's nice, but you literally smell like liquor. And they found uh, all kinds of meth and meth paraphernalia all over her. She had it like they, she had a purple sock that contained her, her meth. And then she had another sock that had her meth pipe. They found a digital scale. And oh, and the meth pipe had burnt residue in it. So she went to jail, River County Jail, on a $26,000 bond. And good guy with a gun indeed. A Florida man with a concealed, legally concealed firearm. He, just, he confronted uh, an armed criminal who threatened to shoot up a crowd in West Palm Beach. CBS 12 said the fight broke out between 20 people at a family gathering. And the man would not drop the weapon. The 32-year-old man who was a concealed, well, licensed concealed carrier fired his pistol once hitting the armed suspect. And he called 911 just like you're supposed to do. Police arrived and that no, no one but the, but the bad guy was injured. And they said that uh, they were happy that he was able to protect innocent people and that the uh and they said it was brave brave law-abiding citizens with concealed carry licenses thanks for tuning in to today's edition of dana lash's absurd truth podcast if you haven't already make sure to hit that subscribe button on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcasts china is buying up huge amounts of american farmland and much of it is curiously close to key u.s nuclear sites I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, I'll tell you what I found during my reporting in Montana about communist China's aggressive ambitions in the United States and how the world is still giving it a pass on COVID. I'll also share the latest heartbreaking story about how the people flooding our borders are being exploited by cartels and our own government. Join me. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.